Hi, you're listening to Living Life on Purpose, and I'm your host, Matt Wilson. The goal of this show is for us to sit down with successful people who also live a life of purpose. We want you to hear their stories, understand that they've had to overcome adversity, how their faith has played a role, and ultimately we want you to be encouraged by the things that you hear so that you can walk through similar situations. We hope you enjoy. Today on the show, we have Katie Hamilton. Katie is a certified coach and natural health instructor. She's the founder of Gold Health Collective. She loves Jesus, and it is exciting to have her. So Katie, thank you so much for being on the show today. Yes, Matt, thank you so much. This is such a delight to just be with you and and your viewers. Yes, so uh, we met a couple weeks ago at the Heaven and Business Conference, and a friend connected us and it's just been really exciting to hear a little bit of your background and and just hear your passion for people just getting free from sickness and disease and illness and so I'm really excited to share uh, a little bit of from your perspective you know how you got into that and and what that looks like so kind of tell us a little bit of background you're from Vermont and ended up in California how did that all happen uh, said it's the night and day difference. Um, I grew up on a little tiny sheep farm in Vermont and moved to California when I was 19. I ran, uh, I ran away, I say, across the coast to start a new life. <laughs> so I had struggled with a heroin addiction and a drug addiction until I was about 24 years old um, and just made a series of poor choices. So I was looking for any opportunity to get out of it and to start fresh and uh, had an opportunity to move across the country. And sure enough, all of my uh, habits and addictive behaviors followed me all the way, 3,000 miles. Can you believe it? And um, so it wasn't until uh, Southern California, uh, I was 22 years old, I had an encounter with the Lord and, and got saved. that's where I got saved and came to know the Lord. So tell us about that encounter. What was that like? And you were a a broken person that was addicted to drugs with with no hope, you know, no real way of of getting out of that situation. You encountered the Lord. You're clearly free now. Tell us what happened. Yeah. I I had lived in an, an apartment complex at the time. I was you know, using a series of, of drugs, uh, uh, drinking, just really lost. And my next door neighbors had just moved in from Costa Rica and they were the most beautiful family. And they had these small children that were so delightful and they honored their parents so well and had the best manners. And I was like, I ain't never seen a kid like this before. There was something different about them. This is a, a 600 plus unit complex and it was my immediate next door neighbor. So they would always minister to me and they would invite me to church. They would invite me over for dinner. We would pray before meals and I dodged them for several months and I would, you know, put on my sunglasses, high as a kite, going to get my mail, hoping I wouldn't bump into them. And sure enough, they were right there asking me if I, if I wanted to go to church. So after a couple months, I finally said yes. Walked into a um, Pentecostal, a spirit-filled church. It was a very, very charismatic movement. So having not um, grown up in the church, I was a very unique setting. Uh, but within 30 days, the presence of the Lord was so apparent. Uh, within 30 days, uh, baptized in the Holy Spirit, gave my life to the Lord and baptized in water. And everything changed from there on out. It was a, a massive transformation, radical turnaround. That is awesome. So 
a moment in his presence can change anything. anything. And, and even when we are in you know, our, our darkest times, even when we are so far gone, like he never stops pursuing us. He never stops loving us. He's never, you know, so upset with us that that he isn't waiting for us to just turn around and, and run back into his arms. And so you experience that firsthand, even though you had not been living your life the way that that he wants us to live. Like all you had to do was stop and meet him. And then he poured out his love, his grace, his mercy, his kindness. And you got to experience the tangible presence of our heavenly father. So from that standpoint, you, you encounter him, you, you get saved. What did life look like at that point? Yes. Um, so even though my, my, my body said, yes, I said yes to a life with the Lord. It took a little bit it, my, my spirit said, yes, it took a little bit for my body to catch up to it. So, uh, I continued on um, drinking and using. I would actually, I'd go to San Diego every weekend with with old friends, you know, blowing lines of cocaine and doing all kinds of drugs. But I found myself evangelizing in those moments, telling my friends about Jesus under the influence of drugs. So the presence of the Lord is still very, very present during those times. And even though I would go down consistently and use, I always made sure that I was back in time for church. I didn't miss church. There was something in me that said I need to be there. And so it was about about a two-year process that uh, the Lord began to strip away the habits um, that were not serving me, my health, my family, the people around me, my relationships. You know, I used to smoke a pack of marble reds a day. He just slowly started to change the desires of my heart. I was suddenly repulsed by the smell. I didn't want to have anything to do with it. You know, one day I remember we went on a family vacation and I'm trying to to evangelize to my brothers and tell them about Jesus. And I'm using the F word every other sentence. And they go, oh, is that what they teach you in church? And I go, oh, Okay. And suddenly I had this revelation of like, maybe I shouldn't talk like that anymore. It's not honoring to the Lord. And suddenly I stopped cussing. And so it was just this, this, this process that evolved. And the Lord suddenly just changed my desires to live a different lifestyle. And I started diving into the word, getting plugged into the church. That was a huge piece for me. So surrounding myself by other believers who are pursuing the same thing and speaking life into me and modeling a life um, that I desired to live and kind of breaking away from some of those old relationships that um, were perhaps not as healthy. Well, I think that um, it is amazing that, you know, number one, you know, I, I've made so many bad decisions in my life. And, and I know the person that I was before I encountered him, before I met a just loving supernatural god that it's it's not religion it's not just theory it's not a book it's not it's not just something that you do it it is like you experience the real thing and and you just know that you know that you know that that there is something more than anything that you've been told in your past and you know for me similarly like I was the the person that was making Bloody Marys on December 31st, 2015, and I was starting to walk with the Lord. I was, you know, similar to you, you know, 2014 started growing in my relationship with God. 2015 started the process of surrender, but still alcohol was something that 
you know, and there were, you know, far worse decisions prior to that. But, uh, but alcohol was something that, you know, since I was 18 years old, like I just, I drank and, you know, there wasn't a period of time where I wasn't drinking, you know, so December 31st, I'm the Bloody Mary barkeep and made a really good Bloody Mary and then ended up January of 2016, I did 21 days of prayer and my fast was no alcohol, no Mexican food, no pizza and you know, no soft drinks. I mean, really sacrificial. The um, That was a joke, by the way. Uh, alcohol was by far the, the hardest thing for me to give up in that 21 day period because I hadn't gone 21 days without something to drink since I was 18. I gave that up and, and that was the point in time that God broke that off of me and made me realize, like, I do not need this. And it was day 17 that the Lord encountered me and he showed me that he sent my wife to me because my mom had been praying my whole life for me to God, like me to meet a godly woman. And then when my wife encountered the Lord in 2011, she prayed that I would meet godly men and he showed me who those men were. And that was the point that I realized I've been the problem the whole time. And, you know, I just needed to turn around and, and I surrendered that day. I broke, I wept and I said, Lord, I am yours. And, you know, so from that standpoint, you know, I haven't been drunk since that New Year's Eve. I haven't wanted to be. I haven't had, you know, any issues. I have an occasional drink. I don't think that there's anything wrong with that if people can control that. But but from that standpoint, those desires, like you talked about, he he gives you the desires of your heart, but he also changes your desires. And, you know, so he freed me from that. And, you know, I used to have a filthy mouth as well. And, and he, you know, delivered me from that. And it was like, it was radical transformation that day 17, since that day, you know, he's continued to do a work inside of me. And it's powerful though, because people start to see like, wait a second, I know who Katie was. And now that's not the same person. I know who Matt was. And now that's not the same person. What is going on with those people? And you get to share your testimony because it is such dramatic change. So when you go back to those same people and now you're not using the same language, now you're not, you know, smoking the Marlboro Red, you're not, you know, the life of the, you may still be the life of the party, but it's a different kind of party. (laughs) Uh, You know, what, what did people say? when, when they encountered you as, as they start to see these dramatic changes. Yeah. I just remember this feeling of purpose rise up in me that I suddenly had vision for my future. And I was like, I started to, to like who I was. I was not trying to um, suppress who that was or hide from who that was. And just being able to identify that I actually had something to offer the world and I, I could actually make the world a better place. So I always had that in me. But as soon as I got saved, I started looking at the world so different of like, how can I add value to people? How can I serve them? Because everything I had been operating in up until that point was a very self-centered focus unknowingly. Um, But all the decisions that I was making, it was for self. And um, so I think that... I think that the people I was spending time with at the, I had slowly started distancing myself from them. Um, So they were a little hurt by that at the time. And they said they would, they would make, I would post on my social media about the Lord and, and just, you know, what he was doing in my life. And they would comment and say, Jesus stole our friend (laughs) because I, I wasn't able to engage with them as much. And, we suddenly didn't have as much in common. So 
Um, but it's been so beautiful how the Lord's brought that full circle. And years later, um, they were reaching out to me. Uh, they they were flying across country. They were going to be in town, and they say we don't know anybody. We don't trust anybody to watch our children. Do you, do you? Would you be able to watch our children? So they had this 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 trust in me as a safe place. So I still keep in touch with several of them. And but I was living in several cities away. So I really just kind of immersed myself in the church and found a new crowd of people. I, I needed to get in a space that was safe for me, that I wasn't getting conflicting messages about how I should live my life. I needed to be all in and I needed that consistency in my life. So it's kind of how, how it unfolded for me. Um, but even in, in the workplace, um, they started to see the transformation in my life and you know, they would ask questions or they would poke jokes at me. Oh, no, she's a Christian. She doesn't do that. And, then, you know, um, but it, it was interesting because I, I was always really relevant and relatable because of the life that I had lived private uh, previously. Well, and I, I think that what you just touched on is extremely important. You know, if somebody's out there and they are going through a difficult time, they are struggling with you know, decisions that they're making repetitive behaviors that are destructive, you know, the circle of people that you surround yourself with, you will end up reflecting that circle. So if you've got a great circle of friends, you're going to be a great person. If you've got a bad circle of friends, you're going to make bad decisions. Doesn't mean that you're a bad person, but you will make bad decisions because the people that you surround yourself with are either going to build you up or tear you down. And so as you start to grow, You've got to have people that are solidifying the behavior that you're trying to grow into, not the people that continue to remind you of the behavior that you've known, you know, before you, you've started to move forward. And so, you know, for me, there was a shift in those relationships as well. You know, the more life-giving relationships that I had, the more encouragement that I got, the more people that I surrounded myself with that were walking with the Lord, that helped me move in that direction. And then just like you, you know, I've been able to go back to friends that that I've had, you know, for a very long time. And now they see this different person. They're like, hey, I, I need prayer. I, I need guidance. I, I know that you, you know, walk with the Lord. You know, I know who you used to be. I know who you are now. Like, how did you do that? And and it is powerful to be able to witness if all of our circle is is all believers and, and followers of Jesus, then our circle is too small because we've got to be able to witness and yep. bring light into the darkness. But at the same time, Especially in that transition process, you've got to you know make sure that the the ratio of people in your life that are you know speaking truth, speaking life, loving you as who God created you to be versus trying to remind you of of who you know the devil says you are. Uh, I think that that is so important to have that shift. So you start sensing this purpose. You you start. Uh, walking with the Lord in in true relationship, and and as you start doing that, He starts showing you things about what health looks like. He starts revealing more of Himself to you. He starts giving you more wisdom and knowledge. What did that do, and and how did that lead into you know what you're doing now? Sure. Um. So when I had first gotten off of drugs, 
I shifted my addictive behaviors to excessive eating and later on down the road to excessive exercise. So the addictive behaviors still continued to follow me. I was an extremist. I was either all or none, and regardless of what I was involved in. Um, so I started serving in the church and I was serving at what felt like a full-time capacity just wanted to be really immersed, really involved in all of the uh, activities that were going on. I was serving in the youth ministry, and I always had a heart for like outreach to going and, and ministering to drug addicts and ministering to the poverty regions, um, the less fortunate. And so I had a, a little Honda Accord, and I would go and, and pick up these girls that were living in um, a welfare region in the city. And I would pick them up and bring them to the youth service of serving in the youth. And then they said, wait, can we go pick up some of my friends next week? And I said, sure, no problem. Pretty soon my car was packed out uh, with, with youth. And I said, this is amazing. And I'm still working in the healthcare field. At the time I was working for a hospice and palliative care companies. I've worked in healthcare my whole life. And so my car got packed out and I, every day I would come into the church. There was a van there that was empty, a 12-seater van. So I asked the pastor, I said, hey, there's more kids out there that want to want to come to church. They're a, little, they're a little rough around the edges, but can we bring them in? And I said, sure, the van's just sitting there. Go ahead and use it. Within weeks, the van was packed out um, with, with youth in underprivileged areas. And then so we went back to the pastor and he said, there's more. There's more. We were going to the homeless motels. These parents were signing waivers for their children that they had they had never met us before. They were signing waivers for their children to leave with a perfect stranger and go to church. These kids are getting radically encountered. Some of them are bringing, you know, knives and, and drugs to, to church, but they came, they came, and they came back every week. We did not have to beg them. So pretty soon the church started um, paying for us to rent more vans. We were at one point um, bringing in almost 100 youth um, from the city in Orange County to the church. So it's at this point, I'm leading a team of volunteers. I'm still working out my salvation. I'm still trying to figure out. And I, I was trying to, honestly, I, there was a bit of me trying to, you know, unknowingly finding my identity and what I could do and how I could serve people. So I'm working full-time, serving full-time, completely burnt out. We're doing great works. People are getting radically touched. And that was encouraging. But my health started to compromise and I found myself really sick. I was having um, food allergies, rashes breaking out all over my body, hormone imbalances, my hair was falling out, digestive issues. And I had worked in the Western med world for so many years. I saw medication interventions. I saw how um, it was disease management, but it wasn't curative. People weren't getting better. Doctors were getting kickbacks from the drug companies. It just all, and, and there's good aspects of Western med. We need it for sure. But I saw some, some not so great sides of it. And so I dove into the natural health world and spent over $50,000 on some of the best natural health practitioners in Orange County, Los Angeles area, trying every supplement that you could find out there, researching thousands of hours online. Take this. This symptom means you need to take this, you know, uh, vitamin C, vitamin D, eucalypt, whatever it is to counter it and get rid of the symptom. Um, but no one ever really talked to me about the root cause of why all of this was happening. So my body's freaking out. I'm, you know, overexerting myself with energy that I don't have. And I was hungry for more of God. And I was like, this, there's got to be more. There's got to be more understanding. You know, I saw even the supplement industry explode, the natural health industry explode, um, but it became a, a money, a money maker. 
they're putting poor quality products on the market, putting binders, fillers, anti-caking agents in there. You know, you spend $30, $40 for a bottle of supplements and and then you're starting to demonize certain food groups and having fear about putting something in your mouth because you're afraid of what the outcome is going to be and you're going to feel even more sick. There was days that I was so chronically fatigued, I couldn't get out of bed. And uh, so I knew there was more and I was on the hunt for it. And um, it, it, it was quite the journey. And But God is so faithful to reveal truth in all circumstances, whatever it is that we're we're battling. Uh, there's so many similarities in our stories. You know, when I first got saved, January 2017, uh, then August of 2017, the Lord spoke to me about the homeless. And so I started serving the homeless, ended up having some friends that, that I brought with me to church. Similarly, my car was getting full. I was having a conversation with a friend of mine wow. and he said, you know, if uh, we had a van, then, you know, that would be awesome. And, and our church did not want to, you know, they had the resources. They didn't want to spend the resources. So I said, you need a van. We can raise money for a van. And so we raised money for a van very quickly. And, you know, so we called it the soul train. You know, oh. So we would, you know, <laughs> be winning lost souls for Jesus. And, uh, and we'd fill that thing up. And, you know, so I would drive it and he would drive it and we'd alternate back and forth. Now he is the sole driver of the van and I still have, you know, some friends that I pick up in my car, but, but it is amazing. You know, when you offer that, that transportation, the ability for people to get there, sometimes people want to come and they just don't have any way to get there. Right. And um, so, you know, meeting that need is, is so powerful and, you know, and you change lives in, in doing that. And, and we've seen some people's lives that have been changed from just you know, showing them kindness and grace and, and love when nobody else would. I think that that is so powerful. And we could go on that for like, you know, the yeah. remainder of the show because it, it is so needed. Tangible love and, and you know, meeting tangible needs is, is so important. Praying for people is so important, but meeting tangible needs is so impactful and powerful. But I do want to focus on the, the health aspect. So, you know, you started realizing that there were root causes that were were issues that people had that that were attached spiritually, and and from that standpoint, uh, you designed a, a business that that could show people a better way than what Western medicine says is the option, and and beyond just you know extremely expensive supplements that never end. Uh, so tell us more about that. Yes. Um, so at the time I was, um, just doing so good in my career, I was making more money, six figure income than I'd ever made before. And, um, but still I was so broken inside and my health just kept declining. And so I was like, what does it look like to surrender this all to the Lord and just pursue after him and find healing? So I left, um, everything. I quit everything all at once, drove up the, the coast of California to go to ministry school. Um, to find answers, really. And I did. I, I found answers there. And, um, you know, what I kept seeing in the natural health world is that, I mean, 20 years ago, they were telling us that the food pyramid looked a certain way, and we should be drinking um, milk and lots of wheat and um, dairy and all those things. And then suddenly, the, the, almost they flipped it the opposite way. And they said, no dairy, no milk, no gluten, cut it all out. And so what I saw is that the natural health industry, the information constantly changed. 
we're, we're getting smart with all this knowledge that we find on the internet or through natural health practitioners, and we're calling it wisdom. But then in five, 10 years from now, everything that we thought was true and that we adopted as truth is suddenly changing. They say, no, actually, we found out that that thing I told you to do five or 10 years ago is now changed. And that's actually really bad for you. And so I said, this is really complicated. And there has to be a better way. So the word of God never changes. He healed yes. instantaneously 99.9% of the time. Why are we not experiencing this now? Have we minimized what we read about in the Bible? We've minimized it to human experience um, to satisfy why we're not, you know, the explanation as to why we're not experiencing healings as, as often. And so it, it took me on this journey of exploring what is really at the root of all of this. And what I found to be true, long story short, is that the spiritual, emotional root causes, dare I say, are 99% of the reason we have sickness and disease manifest in our physical body. And while, yes, eating a very poor, unhealthy diet, you can't eat fried foods all the time. You can't eat ice cream and candy all day, every day. That's not stewarding your body well. But the question is, yes, the diet is unhealthy, but what's driving? What's at the bottom of the unhealthy diet? What's the addictive behavior behind it? The obsessive, um, the compulsion, the the gluttony, there's a spirit that's at the, the root of it. So what I found is that, you know, the unforgiveness, the bitterness, the envy, the self-hatred, and the way we view ourselves is really the primary root causes. Um, so I, I flew across the country to another training in, in this tiny town in Georgia to learn more about it. And as I'm discovering and learning different layers of, of kingdom health, I'm just getting healed more and more and more as I understand it. And understanding we're, we're three-part beings, body, soul, and spirit. We have to address it from every angle. We need to partner in the natural with what God is doing in the supernatural. Dare we partner with Holy Spirit in every aspect of our day? So maybe it's not the the potato chips that brought about sickness in somebody's body, but it's like maybe if I ate a handful of potato chips, it was fine. But suddenly when I gorge on the entire bag, I'm now opening up my myself to excess and I'm opening up myself to sickness and disease when I cannot stop. So maybe the first cupcake was fine, but the third and the fourth, I mean, I used to binge eat. But meanwhile, I was doing all of it to manage the emotional pain that I was experiencing that I used to manage with drugs, but now I can't touch drugs anymore. And food is such a gray area, right? Because you have to eat to sustain life. And fasting, fasting was such a crucial part of the revelation and the transformation process. Um, so that was such a beautiful tool, but that was my journey. And so in the end, I was like, there is, I struggled for over a decade in my health tens of thousands of dollars, taking all these supplements, tormented, absolutely tormented in my health, feeling so misunderstood. Um, people didn't have a grid for what was happening. They just knew I was really sick. I could only tolerate probably five foods at, at one given time. And so I said, as I stepped into healing, I said, there is no way somebody should have to throw away 10 years of their life and all of this money to find healing. There has to be a more direct, cost-effective route and I'm and again, I was born and raised in healthcare. My parents were in healthcare growing up. I knew I was called to it. I was passionate about it. Once you get me talking on it, I cannot stop. Um, I love to see people healed and set free so they can walk in all that God's created them for. So that's when I launched Gold Health Collective and de designed a framework um, that is simple. It's all about 
what is simple and not overcomplicating things and giving people the tools and the direction and the encouragement that they're that's needed for them to step outside of these old patterns, step into truth and partner with kingdom health and healing and then giving them hope that it's possible. Nobody is too far gone. No health circumstances is not irreversible. God is, his desire and his will is to heal everyone. And I do not have answers as to why that doesn't always happen, but I will never change my belief system just because of what I see or experience. I love it. I absolutely love it because, you know, I mean, Jesus told his disciples to heal the sick, cast out demons, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy or COVID. I mean, there are, there were instructions that he left the disciples. And if people believe the word of God, if they believe Jesus and they follow him, they consider themselves followed, then they're disciples. So that is the message that he left. It, it, I mean, Matthew 10, 1, Matthew 10, 8, so many different verses that, that leave that mantle for us. And so many followers of Jesus do not walk in that. So I do believe that is so important. And uh, just to let our you know listeners know, how is your health now? Amazing. My energy has increased probably more than it was before I even started on this journey. Clarity of mind, balance in my body. I can eat more foods than I've eaten in over a decade. And um, while I still eat clean and with wisdom, I've definitely been able to engage without having to have um, as much fear around food. And so he has restored my physical body and my, I just have so much passion to be able to impart that to other people. People are living in so much fear and, and really engaging a lot in the natural health world and the understanding of, of how it works. But um, we, we may have confused wisdom with um, natural knowledge um, that's not bringing sustained healing. I think that we've been in a season where people have, you know, supposedly been focused on health, but really they've been focused on fear of dying. They haven't focused on improving their health at all. And and they've partnered with that spirit of fear. And that has caused more sickness, more disease, more issue. I'm not saying that this virus is not real, but I'm saying that that what we focus on grows and what we starve dies. And and we have fed fear and we have starved people's health. We have told them to not exercise, to not go to the gym, to not go outside, all things that are really good for the body and and for the soul and the spirit. And instead they've stayed inside, they've eaten more, they they have not improved their health situation. And you know, comorbidities, obesity, those things coupled with the virus have caused death. Uh, healthy people have not died from this virus. So, right. you know, I, I really think that there has been a massive deception as to what people should have been focused on, what they've been told to focus on, and uh, breathing your own, you know, CO2 is not good either. People have been doing that for extended periods of time. You know, isolation, not good. So I, I really do think that, that we're in a season that, you know, the people that continue to focus on health will continue to grow and thrive. And the people that continue to focus on sickness or, or death or fear they will continue to be in unhealthy situations. And, and that has perpetuated a, a lot of uh, some of the awful things that have taken place over the last year and a half. From that standpoint, this is all amazing stuff. How can people learn more about you and Gold Health Collective? Yes, it's one of the greatest joys is just engaging with people hearing their stories and breathing hope on their circumstances. 
so I just love, I love to get all the DMs and the emails and just hearing, hearing people's heart from all over the world. I've been, I've had the privilege of just engaging with just people in other countries. And I was like, wow, this is actually rampant amongst our, our whole world. And, um, people are in, in great need. And so, um, my website is goldhealthcollective.com. Um, so are my socials, Gold Health Collective. So I put out a lot of content, just practical resources, quality food that's on the market that I enjoy eating. I just kind of share my lifestyle of, of what I like to do uh, to steward my health and to care for my body. And we do consultations. I, I really love doing um, the group trainings. Um, because in that space, people who engage find community of other like-minded believers that they get to encourage one another and uh, hear the testimonies of the progress of each other. And it just creates massive momentum. So it's been beautiful to see how, oh gosh, the testimonies of the people who have found transformation in their health, but also their family. So some of the women in my current group, their husbands are having massive transformation in their health and they're not even a part of the program. So they're just following what we're learning and um, the truth of God always prevails. And he, he is just so faithful to finish what he started if we choose to engage with him. And at the end of the day, it's all about intimacy with his presence, because what's true for one person might be slightly different for for somebody else. And so partnering with him in the day to day, inviting him into our lifestyle, our eating, our relationships, everything, that's where we find health and healing. So I love to just walk people through the journey. A lot of people, you know, go to prayer rooms, which is a beautiful, beautiful ministry, uh, get prayer and they leave. And they, if they didn't experience healing, then they sometimes will continue to walk around discouraged and without hope. So I love to be the bridge um, that actually walks people hand in hand in the healing process as they walk it out. That is awesome. I definitely love what you're doing and I'm going to share your information with some people that I know that it, it can benefit directly. But also I would encourage you to go and check out our website, follow her on those socials. If you've enjoyed this episode today, we hope that you will share this with your friends and people that you think that it may encourage uh, a lot of powerful truth in here. So these are things that people need to know about. You can follow us on Facebook, Living Life on Purpose, and then on Instagram at Living Life on Purpose Always. And we really hope that you've enjoyed it and that you will uh, check us out again in a couple of weeks. And thanks so much. And we'll talk to you soon.